Okay, let's continue. I'm doing a teaching on the gospel of the kingdom and what are the requirements? What are their gospel? What is their language? What must you do? If you are in the replacement theology movement and you think you are part of the kingdom program, sincerely or just demanding or gangster in your way, like we say in the old school, these are the things and the requirements that come with it if you follow in that program. Now, another thing I want you to remember, if you are part of the gospel of the kingdom program, you are putting yourself back up under the law. You part of the law, correct? I think you know that, right? I'm sure you know that you, you're under the law if you're following the kingdom program of salvation, okay? So let me continue. All right. Let's go to more scriptures. I hope you're writing these scriptures down. Israel. You are Israel, right? The ones that's listening to say they're part of the kingdom or going to bring back the kingdom. You are Israel. Let's listen to these scriptures now. What did I stop at? Uh, okay. I even forget. But let's go to uh, 11 and 11. I might have skipped one, but that's okay. Jesus saying, again, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Now he's given, lifting up John the Baptist because there was some question that was asked about, is Jesus the one? Okay, and John wanted to know, were you the one that we were looking for? That was the question. Uh, he sent his disciples. John had disciples too. He sent his disciples to ask Jesus, were you the one that we was looking for? And Jesus came back and he broke down to him, the, the blind see this, the, uh, the lame, you know, the lame is healed, the blind can see, and they start walking. And that's in that type of form. I can go back and I can break that down. All right, let me just read it, because I, I misquote. I don't want to misquote it. Let's read it, and I'll get back to that. All right, let's go to 11 and 2. Now, when John had heard in the prison of works of, in the prison, he was in prison then, John the Baptist, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Now, remember, John was the forerunner that was prophesied, I think, from Isaiah and also Malachi, uh, the, uh, the prophets of time past. Three, and he said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now, even John the Baptist has some type of doubt. He wasn't sure. So it's okay when we doubt sometimes. It does not mean you don't believe. Well, I guess it can in a way. But anyway, John has some type of doubt about Jesus. That If he did not, he wouldn't have questioned it. Even though he's seen a dove that was prophesied in the book of Isaiah coming over Jesus in a sign of a dove, the Holy Spirit, at Jesus' water baptism. You know, he knew that this was the one, but he still has some type of a doubt, like a lot of us did before we got saved, like people still, still today. So even a great prophet like John had some type of doubt, and he questioned. He didn't lose his faith, but he questioned certain things because he was in prison, and he was struggling, et cetera, maybe, and he was kind of struggling. He was wondering, okay, I'm saying this, but many Jews thought Jesus was going to come as the king like David and start slaughtering the Romans and all that stuff, you know, but he came as a humble person doing signs and miracles, talking about love and talking about stuff, and a lot of Jews was not pleased with that, but they got their theology mixed up, and I believe this is what happened. If they read the Old Testament, the prophesying, and they read those books, they got it mixed up like Jesus was coming back and finna take over everything. But they, they kind of ignored the humbling, suffering lamb that Isaiah talked about that's supposed to come first proceeding. They thinking about 
the second coming of Christ, I believe, when Jesus came back with power and stuff like that to take over things. So they kind of mixed up. The, their theology is kind of bad. This is, this is me looking at this now. And I have heard other teachers say this as well, as well as grace teachers. Their thinking part was kind of messed up. They was kind of confused. They thought they knew Jesus was supposed to come back. They knew their future king, their Messiah. Now, you as a Jew think that way. You, you knew a, your king was going to come. You knew your prophesied Messiah was going to come. You knew what the uh, the old scriptures or the old scrolls said about them because it wasn't written in the Bible. It was scrolls and it was prophesied by word of mouth and stuff like that. You knew that. Okay. So when he didn't come that way, that's why I said their theology was not wrong, but they was confused. They had it backwards. They was looking for Jesus to come and do that then, but they, they got it mixed up to me from the second coming of Christ. Okay. All right. Let's continue. And said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, listen to this, Go and show John again those things which ye do in here, and see. Five, the blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. What gospel? The gospel of the kingdom of heaven, what they've been ready for. That was the gospel in that time for, remember, who? Who? Israel. Okay? At that time. Then he goes on to six and says, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me or just doubt me. In other words, is what he's saying. And as they departed, verse 7, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. Then he broke down, John, I'm going to get into that. In other words, what is Jesus talking about in 5? Now, that's from the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, when he talk about the deaf, blind, and uh, they will see or whatever, and blessed are those. That came out of the book of Isaiah, all right? I forget like what uh what verse it was, but the book of Isaiah prophesied Jesus that was going to be one of the signs that's going to prove or going to show you who the king is. He's going to be doing these things. He's going to be the lame will be walking. He's going to be healing people, lepers. He's going to be cleansing. The uh, the deaf will hear again. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And Jesus was doing those things. Therefore, that's a sign, one of the signs that was going to show Israel that Jesus was their king. He has arrived. So, John, I'm sure John heard that. And John said, yeah, he must be the one because those things, he's doing those things. John had to read the old scrolls and he understood the law. He understood the prophecies. So, you know, if Jesus told him that those things was prophesied in time past, that your king will be doing these things for his people, Israel. Okay, you got that. You got that. Okay. Now, let's go to um, 11. Verily I say unto you, he's 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 not so much bragging, but he's saying the importance of how important John is. Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is in the least in the kingdom of heaven, again, greater than he. There's no one 
No other prophet in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That's another word. What? Kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm mentioning how many times the kingdom of heaven was mentioned in the Gospels, the Old Testament Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right. Mainly in John, 33 times. All right. Let's go to another one. Let's go to uh, 12. Let me see here. And going on to 12, it says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violence take it by force. The kingdom of heaven is attacked violently. That means they take them by force. I mean, they just came and tried to take the kingdom of heaven. All right. From the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven itself is the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom. Literally, it's not spiritually like a lot of people think it's a physical kingdom. That's called Jesus going to set up after the tribulation period. He would have set it up then thousands of years ago, but it was postponed because of the unbelief of the Jews. And the last final draw was when they stoned Stephen in Acts 7. Then the Jews scattered. Only ones that stayed was the apostles. They was disciples in this time, but they was apostles. They stayed, but the rest of the Jews scattered abroad. And that was the final straw. Some believers believe that that was a blasphemy. Now, people think they can blaspheme the Holy Ghost today. No, this is a program under Israel. And I'm going to show you that it had to do with the third strike against the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said, you can say this against me. You can blah, blah, blah against the Father. But when you, you lie against the Holy Spirit in unbelief, under the kingdom program, there was a very serious thing when you denied the Holy Spirit under the kingdom program. Remember, you under the kingdom program, all right? You listen to me? Under the kingdom program, when you denied unbelief, the movement of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to show you an example what the Holy, under the kingdom program requires. Very strict, okay? That's, that's the program you put yourself under now, okay? Very strict, all right? The kingdom of heaven. Let's go to another scripture. All right. Let's go to uh, 13 and 11. It's a lot of scriptures I'm going to read. Most of them are out of Matthew. 13 and 11. All right. He answered and said to them, Who is he? Jesus answered, Because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, what do you mean by mysteries? It's not the same mysteries that was given to Paul. Because Paul was the only one that got those mysteries from Jesus. This is the mysteries of the kingdom. He means mysteries to the outside world, to other nations. So even some of the Israel leaders that did not want to follow him or believe in him. <clears throat> or some of the followers that just wanted freebies and wanted the food. It's a mystery to them. But you know, in, in a lot of his, his, his chapters and a lot of verses, Jesus explained parables only to his little flock. Remember? The twelve, he explained to them. He didn't explain the parable. A parable is not breaking down what something means. A parable is to keep you from understanding what's really going on in the kingdom. That's a parable. That's why Jesus done parables. When he talked to the outside whole Israel, he talked to them in parables. He didn't explain the secret things or the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So when he went with his disciples or his little flock that he called them, you know, he explained to them what that mystery mean. And he talked to them plainly. Even one of the disciples asked, why do you talk to us plainly? Like? And Jesus explained to them because the mysteries of the things that's going on in the kingdom could only be, I'm paraphrasing, told to you because you are willing. You believe me. They don't. They just follow me for freebies. 
See, and the rest of them don't believe in me. So why give them the secrets of the kingdom of heaven if they if they are not loving me, if they are unbelieving? In other words, I'm breaking down the parable way. All right. The kingdom of heaven. The mystery, that's what he means right there. Not the mysteries of Paul. This is the mysteries of the kingdom for Israel, the little flock. Okay, let's go to another one. <sighs> okay. Um, oh, it's a lot of them. It's a lot of them. But that's what I said. It's a lot of scriptures. I'm trying to help you to understand the different language. Now, I'm going to get into the apostle, the gospel of the grace of God. You're going to see it for yourself. I'm just trying to see you, give you the different language of the two gospels. Which one you think you in? Okay. All right. Let's go to, uh, what was I at? 11. 13 and 11. Let's go to 13 and 24. 13 and 24. Another parable for Jesus. He says in 24, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed seed, good seed in the field. Now he's explaining the kingdom of heaven. I'm going go a little further. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Now, this is the wheat and the tares. I have to read this so you can get an understanding what he mean by the wheat and tares. A lot of people probably don't understand, you know. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, that when it grew or when it blossomed and brought forth fruit or leaves or whatever, then appeared the tares also. 27. So the servants of the household holder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? How come these, these weeds is mixed up with the wheat? In other words, that's what he's saying. He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Jesus said, No. Lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. But 30 says, let both grow together. Let them grow together, the wheat and the tares, the wheat and the weeds. Let them grow together until harvest. And he's going to break down what he means. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn. So, He's explaining that later what he meant. What I can do the best explain that I can. Now, the wheat and the tares. First of all, the wheat is Israel, the ones that's going to go to the millennium kingdom. They are the ones that believe who Jesus is. It's just uh, a metaphor, okay? A parable is somewhat like a metaphor, okay? He's explaining it. He's, he's going to break it down to his disciples later on. Okay, the wheat is Israel, the tares is the world. In other words, the good and the evil are going to be separating everything. Harvest time, when Jesus is going to do that separation, you know, like with farmers, because he used an example as a farmer, you know, far as that. Farmers is when you come, they come in and they just start separating. They do their little plowing and then when it's all grown up or when it grew and everything blossomed, he separates, a farmer separates the wheat from the tares. The good thing, the good wheat from the bad tares. Jesus is talking about separation from the church, the little flock, not every Israeli, but the little flock. And judgment is going to be for the tares, which is the evil ones, the unbelievers. 
He talks about, that's what, it's the same thing he talks about, break down again in Matthew 24, when he talk about one would be taken, one would be pulling, one would be taken, a woman would be doing this, she would be taking the same type of examples. Anytime you hear Jesus talking about those examples, he's talking about <clears throat> judgment day. He's talking about, you know, the separation of the wheat and the tares before he set up his millennium kingdom. The tares, the wheat, he's going to put them in a barn. One of them he's going to keep, the others he's going to burn them up, the one he's going to keep with him. Those are the ones that's going to be in this thousand year reign in the millennium kingdom. But this is all under the kingdom of heaven, and it's for Israel. Okay, let's go to another one. All right, uh, let's go to 31, 13 and 31, Matthew 13 and 31. And another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven. Here's another. See, a lot of kingdom of heaven, mainly in Matthew. Like I said, it's 33 times I, I counted to myself. Jesus mentions the kingdom of heaven. It's very important to keep your mind as a Jew, act like you're Israel on the wordings. Your lookout and your thing is the kingdom of heaven. Remember, this is going to be on earth, not in heaven. This is going to be on earth for Israel. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in the field. He's explaining. The kingdom of heaven. He's explaining what goes, what's going to be going on in the kingdom of heaven on earth. Okay, let's go to another one. I ain't got time to go through all of that, but it's very good if you just read it yourself. Let's go. Uh, let me see. Do, 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 13 and 31. Let's go to 33. He's going to mention it again. 33. Another parable spake he unto them. Jesus himself speaking. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. Now, I got all these markers where I counted in my Bible, you know, which is good when your Bible is marked up. I get this is the 15th time Jesus mentioned the kingdom of heaven just in Matthew alone. Why? Because the book of Matthew presents Jesus as king. That's why it mentions the kingdom of heaven more than all the other three uh, synopsis. God, remember, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is called the synopsis gospels. Different than kind of John because they kind of alike. They kind of uh, correlate with each other. That's why they call it something like the synopsis, something like that. Okay. Let's find another kingdom of heaven parable. Let's go to uh, 44. Matthew 13, same chapter, 44. Uh, again, Jesus is speaking again. The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasures hid in the field. Which then, which when a man hath found, he hideth it for joy, hideth and for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. That's how good the kingdom of heaven is. A lot of this breakdown, Jesus is explaining the beauty of the kingdom of heaven that Israel is going to occupy on earth. That the twelve apostles are going to be over the twelve tribes of Israel. That the hundred and forty-four thousand Jews. The 144,000 Jews, Jews, excuse me, in the tribulation period are going to go out and, and do the Great Commission was also was only commissioned for Israel to do. Not the church, not the body of Christ today. For Israel, the Great Commission was for Israel. This is very important to understand. You are Israel. You are a Jew. So you know that's for you, right? I think you do, right? Okay, let's go to 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like to a merchant man seeking godly pearls. Okay, let's go to 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. Okay, very important. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of heaven that the kingdom of heaven is. Let's go to Matthew 16 and 19. Uh, let's first of all, let's go to uh, 
Let's go to 52. Here's another mention of the kingdom of heaven with Jesus. Jesus is their king. Then said it, Jesus unto them, therefore every scribe which is instructed into the what? Kingdom of heaven. Let's say it together. Kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure this new old, this new old and everything, okay? Given an explanation of the kingdom of heaven. There's many more about it. You got Matthew 3 and 4. You got Matthew, uh, Matthew 3, Matthew 4, Matthew 23 and 19, and 12, Matthew 21 and 13, Matthew 24 and 14, Matthew 25, 1 to 14. In other words, I'm not going to read all of them, but you get the picture. The kingdom of heaven. The book of Luke and Book of Mark said the kingdom of God. Sometimes used interchangeably. But even if they say kingdom of God, what's in the kingdom of God? I explained it on the last audio. The kingdom of heaven. Also the body of Christ. But we are, I'm not getting into the body of Christ yet. The body of Christ wasn't even thought of then. No, it wasn't, church. The body of Christ was not even thought of then. Okay? This was not, it was hidden in God. Because God knew what Israel was going to do. He knew they was going to, you know, Go out in unbelief. They was not going to. They never made it out of Jerusalem. Did you know that? I'm sure you knew that because you're part of the kingdom, right? You're the replacement theology. So I'm sure you knew that. They never made it out of Jerusalem. They never did. They never got. They never got to do the great commission like they was called to do. Israel, Jews. I'm sure you knew that already too. The one that's following the kingdom program. I think you know. Say you say it in the kingdom program. Okay. All right. Very important. The Great Commission was will be fulfilled in the future and during the tribulation period with the hundred and forty four thousand, you know, men, Jews from each twelve, twelve thousand for each of the twelve tribes of Israel is gonna go out and do the Great Commission. They're gonna do they're gonna witness out to the world, okay, and bring the other nations that's left. Okay, all right, but that's another teaching. What I wanna do now. You, uh, you, you got somewhat of a picture about the set, the city of the kingdom of heaven. I kind of went through that fast. The visual look of the kingdom. How long the kingdom of heaven is going to reign on earth before the new earth comes? Remember, a thousand years. You understood that. You understand the beautiful things that's in it. The kingdom will have the streets of gold, the pearly gates, and all the different measurements when the angel was explaining to John at Patmos. Excuse me. You understand that. Ooh, excuse me. You understand that animals will be friendly again like they was before. You know, what they call it? Converse uh, and something. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> but. Canervious, I believe there was. That means they was meat eaters. They would not be that anymore. Meat eaters. Remember, a little child will live up to 100 years old and still be considered a child. Remember, I said that in the last program. You remember? So children will live a long time. Life will be expanded again. It's probably because of the healing leaves they're going to have in the Millennium Kingdom. Remember, the tree of life is going to be back there. So they're going to be able to eat from that tree as well. It's going to be different trees, I believe, there in the kingdom of heaven. It's like a medicine. It will help them to even live longer. Now, supernaturally, in the fullness of times, they're not going to leave none of that. But I'm just saying, it's just for nourishment. You know, nourishment and stuff like that. But they will live a long time. Remember I told you about the kingdom of heaven. Also, remember I said Satan will be bound. He will be chained up, you know, for a thousand years in a bottomless pit. 
for a thousand years during the millennial reign of Christ on earth. That's also part of the kingdom of heaven. Remember, I also said quickly that signs and wonders and miraculous things was done through the kingdom of heaven. The Holy Spirit moved in with signs and wonders under the kingdom of heaven program because the Jews required a sign. They always required a sign. It was always miraculous things, often miraculous things. It didn't happen all the time, but it was more prevalent in the kingdom program, I believe. And, they, and remember, the, uh, St. John never recorded everything that Jesus done because it would be enough books. That can be a, just an over-exaggeration or whatever like that. But uh, at the same time, just letting you know, everything was not ever, was never, every miracle that Jesus done, my mouth getting tired, was not recorded in the book of John or in the Bible when it comes to the four Gospels. That means Jesus was fulfilling everything that the prophet said that he will do, proving to who? Israel, that he was their king and their Messiah. Also, you understand, by reading that everything, you know, even the salvation, to be saved, they have to, what? They have to repent, change their mind, they have to be baptized in water for their remission of their sins, future salvation, and then they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They had to do all those things to be saved under the kingdom program. They had to believe by faith with works. That the book of James taught. The book of James is a is a book for Israel. It's not for the church today, for Israel. Faith without works is dead. That's what James was talking about. Israel had to have works with their faith. The Apostle Paul taught, just believe. Your faith, your works mean nothing. You ain't got nothing to brag about. But under the program, they had to have works, conditions for their salvation. And nationally, their salvation is future. Future, not individually, visually, nationally, their salvation and their redemption is future. When Jesus stepped, stepped back on earth at the, Mount, at the Mount of Olives and then he sets up his millennium thousand year reign kingdom. So you know that's in the millennial program. A lot of blessings, a lot of good things in the millennial program. Longer life, you know, the beautiful scenery, miraculous things in the kingdom program you cannot describe. Now, Let's go to X. And I'm going to try to stop here. But I want us to go to X. I hope you're getting something out of this. Because I'm trying to give you just a little picture. This is just a little stuff. From, you, you go through the Old Testament. It, 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 it describes a lot of things about the kingdom. It's, it's, it describes the blessings and the discipline of the Millennium Kingdom. That blessings and the discipline. Like I said, you cannot just take the blessings of the covenants of, if you call yourself replacement Israel, and leave out the curses, even though none of that stuff will apply to you anyway, but mentally it can leave you in a very delusional state. You understand what I'm saying? All right. God is not going to bring back his kingdom covenant on the Gentiles just because you want to or you say he will or you think you're Israel. No. It don't work like that, church. It don't work like that, unbeliever. It does not work like that. God do not follow your ways. You must follow his, whether you like it or not, because he knows best. Okay, let's go to uh, requirements. Let's talk. Let me see if I find this. Uh, this is something new I just added. Uh 
the Apostles' Creed. Now, this is under the Kingdom program. I'm going to show you the things uh, that goes on in the Kingdom program, but was mainly performed by the Twelve, even though it only really mentioned Peter. Mostly doing a lot. And then later on down the line, you mentioned Philip and they was doing miraculous signs. But if you read the Bible literally and take it literally, you notice the most majority in the book of Acts when the disciples or the apostles now start showing, uh, start fulfilling what Jesus said to what they would be doing. This is this is it's the fulfillment when Jesus said, go out, heal the sick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like that. Like in the book of Matthew, the four gospels, which is Old Testament. The early beginning of Acts is also more is Old Testament. Okay? This is not New Testament. This is Old Testament as of being in the kingdom program. Now, when Jesus died, that started the New Testament, but the New Testament fulfillment is future because of their disobedience. It could have been then, but it's future because of their disobedience. So they are still under the law. It was postponed, and they are still under the law. Okay, so this is still the law, early Acts. Remember, you're Israel, you're still under the law. Nothing changed. Acts 2 was not the beginning of the church. Acts 2 is not the beginning of the church. It is the church, but it's not the body of Christ. It's still the kingdom church. Acts 2 is a continuation from the Gospels. It's still Old Testament kingdom. It's not the beginning of the church, the body of Christ, tradition, like it's traditionally taught. It's still the kingdom program of time past. It's still Israel's kingdom gospel message, sound doctrine program, not the body of Christ that's under Paul. Okay? Remember, I want you to remember that. This is not the beginning of the church. Remember, church is mentioned several times throughout the Bible because you hear the word church, does not mean it's talking about the same church. Very important because you you mention, you hear the word church or you read the word church in the Bible does not mean it's talking about the same church because there was different churches. Churches just mean assembly of the gathering, ecclesia together. You have the church of the wilderness. You have the kingdom church. You have the church of the body of Christ. So that's all that means. It's not the same church. You can't apply all those churches together. All right, this what starts a lot of denominations and confusion. That's why people are still confused today. All right, the Apostles' Creed. Then they gladly receive his word. Okay, after they heard Joe, uh, 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 Peter break down, this, is, uh, this was prophesied by Joe. He, he's explaining that, you know, these are the last days now, beginning. The book of Joel, which you can find, I think, Joel 2 and 32. You have to go back and read that yourself. You'll see what he's saying. This is Peter broke down. This is what, what was mentioned by Joel. This was prophesied by Joel. And after they heard this, they understood. Then they, let me read in 41, 2 and 41. Then they gladly received, let's closely, they gladly received his word and were baptized in water. And the same day they were added to them about 3,000 souls to what? The kingdom program. All right, Jews, 42, and they continue steadfastly in the what? Listen, the apostles' doctrine. Now, Paul talks about the sound doctrine, but this is, a, this is the kingdom doctrine, the apostles' doctrine. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Listen to this. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders... And signs were done by the apostles. Not every Jew, not every believer. 
This is self-explanatory. Literally, fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Who's the apostles? The twelve. Peter, James, and John. The reason and the rest of them. The reason I mention them because those are the pillars. Those are the leaders. That's why they have their own books. Now, Luke got a book, but, you know, Luke was never an apostle. Mark was never an apostle. John was. Peter was. Matthew, etc., 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 like that. Now, they just got their information, Mark and Luke, from Paul and Peter. They're not apostles, though. So the leaders of the pillars, what Paul called them in the book of Galatians, the pillars, which means the leaders of the apostles, mainly Peter, James, and John, or James, Peter, and uh, John, you know, etc. 44, and all that believed were together and had all things in common. I'm going to get back to that. 45, and they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. That's another requirement for the person or the gospel or the people following the Apostles' Creed. You have to follow the Apostles' Creed as Jesus handed over the mantle to the twelve. Now, apostles that used to be disciples, now the twelve apostles in the book of Acts, you have to follow their creed. Are you doing that? Are you doing what, Joe? What do you mean, what are we doing? Oh, okay, are you doing this thing? Have you sold all your possessions? If you say you're under easy replacement Israel, you're under the kingdom program, these are one of the requirements. They sold all their possessions and goods. And what do they do with their possessions and goods? They parted them to all men as every man had need. They they spread it out. Some people might, some liberals call this socialism, but they way out of whack right there. They I, I ain't gonna even teach them that what they mean by that. This is where they got that socialism program from. Everybody be the same, and everybody's the same need from what I heard. They sold their possessions and they distributed to their church, not the body, because this is not the body of Christ. This is the kingdom church. They distributed to. The uh, poor and everybody in the kingdom church. And also in 46, and they continuing daily with the accord and the temple. Accord, one accord means they agree. They had everything in common. And the temple and breaking of bread and house to house did eat their meat and gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And then what happened after that? After they followed the Apostles' Creed. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They got saved. This is the kingdom program of salvation. Are you following this format if you under the if you call yourself under the kingdom program? I'm not, I'm not trying to be uh, fictitious or just you know funny. I'm just letting you know what you get yourself into when you say we are of the kingdom and we need to be to build the kingdom. You know, this is part of the kingdom church. All right. Now you see all that good stuff happening. And the kingdom church, right? All right. Miraculous signs and wonders and everything, healings and blessings and stuff like that. They had everything in common. They sold their possessions. Remember, Jesus gave an example of the kingdom program to the rich ruler. Remember in the book, I think it was the book of Matthew. When uh, he asked him, what must I do to follow you? I can't go back now because of time constraints. And Jesus said, sell all your belongings, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, take take it up and, and follow me. Jesus also gave examples of take up the cross and follow me. They had to give up everything. Why? Because they was going to be blessed and they would have so much more in the kingdom. 
they're not going to need all that outside stuff because the, he's going to take care of them in the millennium kingdom. But that young ruler couldn't understand that. He couldn't give. Jesus was telling him, literally, just say, you need to just give up all your riches. He was setting an example. This is what you have to do. You have to give up all that stuff to follow me. That's what following the cross. You have to literally, not literally, but symbolically and spiritually follow Jesus. That's what he meant, follow the him. You have to give up. That's part of the kingdom program because you finna they was finna enter into something much better, more miraculous, more prosperous in the kingdom program. Okay? Have you gave up everything you had and distributed it? All possessions, not some, all possessions. Have you done that? That's part of the kingdom program. That's part of the commandment and under the law on the kingdom program. Okay. If you did not do that, and you call yourself under the kingdom program, there's a penalty and a curse for that. Let's go to Acts 5. And then I'm going to end it there. And I'm going to break down why did I go there. Now, you probably heard this many, many times, many believers that's in the church and the unchurched, the unsaved, I'm sure have heard this before. I got to go two times running out, but listen to this and I'm going to go. All right. This is a penalty. This, how, this is how strict the kingdom program is when you disobey the law and disobey the kingdom program because remember you're lying to the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is moving through you right with these signs and wonders and everything uh, yeah you you I'm sure yeah you, you part of the kingdom program okay you part of replacement Israel replacement theology whatever okay let's read this but a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, I'm sure this is very familiar with you, but you're going to get the understanding now. Why? But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privileged. In other words, she knew about it, to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Remember, the apostles was the leaders, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was upon them. They was filled with the Holy Ghost. So they had miraculous knowledge. They had the word of knowledge. They had all that stuff that was working in the kingdom program that people try to use today. You know. Okay, let me get I'm getting ahead of myself. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Remember, he didn't say lie to me. He did not say lie to me. He said, why have you lied to the Holy Ghost? Remember, I was talking about blasphemy against the Holy Ghost? This is part of, this is blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Only Israel can do that. Then, but Peter said, Ananias, why had Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? While its remain was it not there own. In other words, it was yours. You could have just kept it. You didn't have to go that route. And after it was sold, was it not in thy own power to keep it? It was yours to keep, man. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? You've done this evil thing. Thou hast not lied on unto men. In other words, you ain't lying to me. You know, you can fool me, but you can't fool the Holy Ghost. But you lied to God. Now, how did Peter know that? Word of knowledge. He knew that because of the miraculous signs that comes with the apostles. Every disciple didn't have this. Mainly the apostles. This is part of the apostles' creed. This is part, let's go back, let's call it. This is part of being an apostle. These signs follow the apostles. Not everybody that believed and that was saved. 
these signs followed the apostles. They done these miraculous signs, contrary to what the church said everybody's supposed to do if you're saved. Not under the kingdom program. If you was not apostle, you weren't doing a lot of super miraculous signs like this. Now, you done some. Don't get me wrong. You know, but I'm talking about these main powers and signs like this, the word of knowledge and all these other gifts was under the apostles under what? The kingdom program. All right. And it was about the space of three hours later when his wife. OK, I'm going ahead of myself. All right. And Ananias, Ananias hearing these things in verse five and five and fell down and gave up the ghost. I mean, he died and great fear came on all the men that heard these things. Just because he lied. It could have been maybe 5 or $3. But in the kingdom program, you cannot do that. You, you do better just saying, I don't want to do it. Don't lie to the Holy Ghost. It wasn't so much that, because Peter even explained, I think you could have kept it. You could have done it this way. But he lied. Therefore, the Holy Spirit told Peter that what was going on, that's how Peter knew, word of knowledge, real word of not this fake stuff, real word of knowledge, that's how he knew that uh, Ananias lied to him. Now let's continue. And the young men rose, wound up, and carried him out and buried him. Verse 7 of th 5. And it was about the space of three hours later when his wife, not knowing what was done to him, she don't even know what happened. But Peter asked her and answered. It says answered her, but it said asked her. Tell me whether ye sold the land or sold for much. And he said, yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto him, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord, which is the Holy Spirit? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out as well. I'll put the as well on there. Verse 10 in the King James Version. Then fell she down. She fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young man done the same thing, carried her out. What was the issue here? He just lied. They kept some of the money and they gave some, which is a good thing. Okay, which is a good thing in the eyes of man. But when you're under God's covenant and his kingdom program, you're not going to get away with that. That's part of the kingdom. That's why I said the blessings come with the curses and the cursing come with the blessings because it's still the Old Testament. This is not, this is the, still the Old Testament. In other words, let me put it this way. This is still the law. So they're still under the law. This is one of the choirs. When you put yourself in the kingdom program, you're putting yourself back under the law. Now, I'm not saying you're going to fall dead and nothing like that. If that was the case, the majority of the church would be dead today. That tells you you're not under the law, so you ain't under the kingdom program. Because the majority of the church, including myself, will be dead today and stoned. Because of marriages, because of lying in church, because of sleeping together and all this stuff. Not only this will be wiped out. But under the true, real kingdom program, you won't be able to get away with it because the Holy Ghost was wiping folks out. Okay? I'm going to stop there. That's a little snippet of the kingdom of heaven program. The gospel of the kingdom. Jesus is the key. You must, they had to believe in his name. In other words, they had to believe who he was because he was still alive in the book's the, uh, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. So they, were, they didn't get saved because of what he did, his death, because he was still alive. They had to believe Israel, in other words, who he was, okay? I've done a little little teaching on the who versus the what. I probably didn't do a good job at that, but I do have a teaching on connecting the dots called the who versus the what. Believing who, who Jesus was compared to, compared to what Jesus done. 
the two different type of programs and gospels. This is Joseph Brownlee. Salvation is today. Believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ is the way to be saved today. Not who he was, but what he did under the program, which is Apostle Paul is our apostle. Not the 12. The Apostle Paul is the apostle for the Gentiles today, back then and today. We just have to believe by faith. Forgiveness of sins has already been dealt with. Theirs wasn't. Under that program, their sins was not dealt with. Under the new program, under the um, gospel of grace, yes, our sins has been wiped out. That's how powerful the cross was. It took care of two programs. God already had in his, tucked in him, the body of Christ program because he knew Israel by him being a foreknowing. He knew Israel was going to go in unbelief, just like he knew the Gentiles was going to fall in the days of Noah. God is all knowing. So he had this program set up when Israel disobeyed. He gave, he came with a new different program for the Gentiles. No covenants, no laws or nothing like that. Gentiles was never under the Ten Commandments or the 613 or no laws. Gentiles was preached by a new mystery gospel called the gospel of the grace of God, believing by faith by under through the Apostle Paul, through Jesus' heavenly ministry. God bless you all. Until then, until next time, we're going to get more into this, and I'm going to start getting into some scriptures and comparing verse by verse. Let's get into the gospel of the grace of God, the teachings of the Apostle Paul. And you let me know, really let me know, was Peter, Jesus, and all of them preaching the same thing? Okay. Love you all. God bless you. Bye-bye. Peace out. Love you all.